0: temple pod y'all know me nathan schwartz joining me from sacramento aaron schroeder good to be here nate good to have you we're back we are back ranking players we have ranked out by position one through 75 we are now ready to continue from 201 to 225 how are you feeling
1: i feel great i think 201 to 225 is a good is a good group of guys um it gets messy It'll get messy in a couple episodes, but it's just a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun having to having to sift through these guys again. It's been a long time since we've uh, sat down and ranked some guys together.
0: I think the difference between the like two hundred first player and maybe even like two fifty, probably actually even like one fifty to two fifty, there will be less difference, and like people will have less of an argument between one fifty and two fifty than they would have between like Kobe Bryant. And
1: Kevin Durant, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, those guys that are like top ten to top fifteen guys, like
1: I see the Kobe Durant as is a good comparison. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think you could look at some of these lists and be like, that's just way off, and it's like, yeah, Mm -hmm. maybe it's twenty places off, and maybe it's that's just that's kind of the range we're working with. But I feel pretty good. Um, do you want to get us started with your first guy? I've been dying to know. I feel like I've shown oh, my cards over the over the months, and I just I really have to know.
0: So you've shown your cards a lot. You've texted me about this a lot. And so I came... I, I, I know where you're going with this. We should
1: give the nominations first. Sure.
0: All right. Top nominations by position. Uh, for our centers, we have Jermaine O'Neal. For our shooting guards, we have Rolando Blackman. For our point guards, we have Kemba Walker. For our small forwards, we have Dale Ellis. And for our power forwards, we have Derek Coleman.
1: I think it's the best system ever for anything, the way we do this. <laughs> um, in terms of ranking all the players out, one through 75 by position, and then it's super easy. You have a field of five to pick from, and uh, it, it makes like, makes a list like this possible.
0: Literally the way I do this when I'm just working by myself, now that we have the like 75 position rankings going I'll pull up those five guys, the first five. And I I decide between them and I just close that basketball reference page and I open up the next one Mm -hmm. and then I'll like resort the order. But like I sort the first five best to worst and then I'll pull up that guy. I'm like, all right, where where are you going? Are you the top of the list? You're not. Okay. Let's eliminate that guy. Let's pull up the next guy in his position. It just keeps going. Uh, So I've got my notes. I've got my extensive basketball bookshelf and I've got uh, the stats and numbers um, and, and where I'm ultimately going with this is the same guy that you probably have, Jermaine O'Neal.
1: Let's go. Jermaine O'Neal. I, I really was hoping we didn't have to fight about this. O'Neal, a six-time All-Star, three-time nba player, a consistent 20-10 and 10 presence in the 2000s. And just to note, like, if, if you were fortunate enough to hear our center's ranking list, we probably mentioned that Jermaine O'Neal shoots like 42% in the playoffs while he's an All-Star. Um, but looking a little bit deeper, those playoff series they're ending like 80 to 78, and both teams are shooting like 39%. And so Jermaine is actually still the most efficient player on the Pacers. It's just a rock fight era, and the Pacers had the most rocks. They were one of the most um, kind of slow-it-down slugfest teams, and so the offense just sold out for everybody. But I think O'Neal was was super effective, and and I think he should be 201.
0: I think one of the things that really kind of got me for him was in 2004, he was third place in MVP voting. And it, it's basically the Garnett runaway year. And then it's like him and Duncan picking up the scraps for second and third place votes. Um, but he, he's right there with, with Duncan. And that Pacers team in the year 2005 was really supposed to be something. And it was him and it was Ron Artest. And then there was some punches thrown. Um, and, and like... That completely derailed what was a title team and what was, you know, one of the best teams in the league and what they could have been. And like you replay this guy's career, there's a chance that he's competing for titles in his prime as the number one figure. We don't live in that reality. But I I think that's important to at least note that that is where he was at as a player. And then the Oreo quote just always gets me every time.
1: (laughs) I love the Oreo quote. Do you have it on hand or do you want me to to just memorize it?
0: I have it. Uh, I've got got the full extended Oreo quote, Uh, so sorry, you're going to get the whole thing, but listen, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to start with Miami. They want me to re-sign. I knew that Braun and them all was coming, and it's the realest thing I could tell you. You know they got that 8% body fat. That shit's serious for a big guy that's heavy lifting. I remember going down to the pantry at night, looking at the Oreos, (laughs) the Oreos looking at me, and I couldn't. Bruh, I'm in a full battle daily on what I ate. I was just like, bruh. I'm 30 plus years old. I can't go through this right now. I'm too old to be having the debate whether to have an Oreo or not. So that's why I left Miami.
1: <laughs> it's a great quote. I understand, like, and I, I believe that Jermaine O'Neill was a competitor, and I understand he's not like he's not Andrew Bynum or he's not a uh, Oliver Miller yeah. or something. But um, but yeah, I get that. Not everyone's cut out for the the Miami lifestyle and I think the big knock and like Jermaine to be a six-time all-star and a three-time NBA player kind of is an outlier in terms of this area like that's a lot of all-star appearances guys are with way less than that are going to be higher than him just what what he's bringing is he's a good rebounder he's a good defensive player but the 20 points per game like he's not he just really isn't a prolific scorer like he's a pretty good scorer he's a solid scoring Mm -hmm. center but his efficiency just isn't great um and so I, I don't think he's the traditional like oh 20 and 10 with with like two blocks kind of guy it's it's not exactly that kind of it's 10 the 10 is there but the 20 is a little a little iffy
0: yeah and the other thing like he probably would have a few more all MBAs if he wasn't suspended in 05 uh if he wasn't injured in 06 07 is kind of his last really good year at that that level but you know, there, there were some health things there as well that kind of held him back. But he's locked so with in. Jermaine, he's locked in. And with Jermaine O'Neal off the board, our next highest center is the one, the only, the man who got the Kings to the playoffs, Demantis Sabonis.
1: Let's go. Just gets better and better.
0: And you brought this up pre-pod, but we ranked out our point guards, which I think we did a quite a while ago. If it was the offseason or the end of the regular season, we did not include other fellow King to get them to the playoffs, De'Aaron Fox. Uh, we also need to include Shay Gilgis-Alexander. Um, we're saving them next offseason. We'll reevaluate all player, all modern players that weren't, um, w- weren't considered in our top 75 selection and kind of place them. Because at this point, if we place Shay at 201, that's probably too low. If we placed Fox at 202, also probably too low. I feel okay placing uh, Sabonis here in this range right now that yeah that doesn't feel like it's already out of date
1: no I, I agree with that i mean Sabonis is what he's done is kind of uh is a little more baked where those guys are like just got their um got enough things going for them to be considered for this um i guess Sabonis the same way but it makes sense to us and that's how it's going to be <laughs> uh yeah. well, we'll relook at all this in the off season and uh, and Sabonis is up there i mean when you're out at this level to get to be like I think he was seventh in MVP voting, which is whatever, but it's it's nineteen, twelve, and seven and get the kings to forty-eight wins. And that's just that's that's an impressive thing to be that kind of uh, that kind of engine and you really aren't gonna find that much of that out here. And so uh gotta hold on to stuff like that.
0: Absolutely. Do you have a nomination for two
1: oh two? I do. Um it is Demonis Sabonis. I think he should be in. Um, really this I, high though i think so I and mean, I'm, I'm i'm obviously i'm very flexible but i just think uh, i think his season last year was is better than almost anything else you're gonna find so far it was just really high level basketball running like the best offense in the league and he has he got stomped on he broke his thumb or tore some ligament in his thumb and then was asked to to deal with draymond and Kevon looney in the playoffs and it didn't go super well but it's not like his numbers in the come playoff time were yeah horrendous i mean like i think people act like he was um like the worst player on the court he still has 16 points 10 boards and five assists really our three-point shooters got cold that's kind of kind of where our offense was coming from do you think it's a little too early for him
0: i think it's a tad bit too early but i wanted to get back to that playoff point because i feel like he gets shit on way too much for how he played in the playoffs if the warriors weren't playing kevon looney he was eating them up on the boards like they could not go death lineup. With just Draymond out there, just defensively, they were not able to get the boards without Looney out there. And, like, Looney had a fantastic series. is from a a rebounding perspective. But, like, Sabonis caused some issues for a playoff-ready team, for a playoff-secure team, who had good guys to go up against him. So, yeah, he didn't play fantastic. Yes, if he had played better, they probably won. Also, if Fox didn't get hurt, they probably won. Really, there's a lot of factors that would change the Kings win. Yeah. Um, My... I was going to nominate Ronaldo Blackman next.
1: He was my next guy. And I honestly considered switching it mid sentence. So I'm very comfortable with that.
0: Ronaldo's a little bit tricky to kind of know what his value is because he is, he's not always on the best of Dallas Mavericks teams. Like they get to the playoffs, but he's kind of a a more of a number two or a number three there. And in those circumstances, like I do always kind of think about Jordan Poole or like Kyle Kuzma. Hey, if you were on your own team, are you quite as good? Maybe, maybe not, but he was a very proficient scorer playing next to Adrian Dantley for those Dallas teams. Uh four time all star. McGuire? Rodaldo Blackman.
1: Yeah. And then he played, he played with, he played with McGuire. McGuire, not Dantley. Yeah.
0: That's, they could trade it for each other. Yeah, They're... they
1: did. It's the same. It's the same basketball wavelength. I feel like these podcasts are just like basketball Mad Libs, and we try to fill in with the right players. But it's like sometimes it's like, well, I I, I made the comment on a video a couple like a week ago where I could have sworn I made a Deltas Shrimp video, but it was actually a Sam mm. Perkins Sam Perkins video because they just play with each other the entire time.
0: Did you see the thing about uh, Dirk getting mistaken for Rick Smiths?
1: yeah yeah i did see that in,
0: in my head it was Ray lafrentz that he got mistaken for <laughs> and then someone asked me to make a Ray lafrentz video and i was like oh yeah that's the guy that dirk just got mistaken for and i was like oh no that's a different gumby tall white guy mm. so yeah all relative same era but yeah so so a black man's play in for the mavericks uh they make the western conference finals was, mm-hmm. what was it, eighty-eight or eighty-seven? A- eighty-eight goes to game seven. But I don't know. I just I, I think there was a very high level of play here. Why'd you have him this high?
1: Thought um, I liked the four all-star teams in terms of an accolade perspective, but just the scoring production was consistent. I mean, almost a thousand games and, and eighteen points per game on, on teams that did matter. I mean, the the Mavs were were good, and they they had the approach of. um of just kind of a collection of talent they didn't really have you know they didn't have the superstars mm-hmm. of the world but it was him and acquire and um sam perkins um uh, even I mean, Detlef is there at some point we just talked about that uh Derek harper as well and they were good enough to win 50 plus games and i think uh, i'm pretty confident that blackman was the the second best player on those teams behind acquire and his uh you know he's he's a, he was consistent come playoff time and and his good twenty points tonight, night, get to the conference finals, and uh, was uh, rewarded with his uh, with all his All Star appearances. And yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I did mark down that he only led the team in win chairs twice, and one of those years the team went twenty two and sixty two. But it, it is a full career. I, I will probably end up having Sabonis over him later. When uh, we we'll mm-hmm. re rank the guys over the summer, but I, I just think for right now, I I like the nod to longevity and and what he was able to accomplish. I also have kind of a run on shooting guards, just to to give you okay. Heads up.
1: I think I do too. I liked, uh, yeah. No, I think uh, I think Blackwin's the right pick. I mean, he's a good example of what kind of player we're talking about out in this area, where you can have a bunch of guys that are about as good as him, and that's a really good team, and like could mm-hmm. be in title conversations. And then he's a bit old. I mean, he's like 32, but he's quite a bit older when it kind of starts to fall apart. When those guys are gone, it's like kind of just him, like him and Derek Harper. It's a really, really bad team, but it doesn't tell me that Blackman's bad. It's just, that's, that's uh, that's what we're kind of working with.
0: I'm trying to think what the modern equivalent is. because um, like, I've a lot of these teams, we can kind of like think back to being like the 2016 Hawks where, mm-hmm. Hey, it's a, it's a collection of talent. That's better than the sum of their parts. I don't know that we necessarily have a team like that right now in the
1: league. I mean, this is, I mean, we're, we're in such a different era in terms of, I talked to you about this, with the heliocentric offenses where mm-hmm. more than ever teams have a guy with like 30% usage rate. Like in the eighties, there is at times one guy, like one person. It was like Adrian Danley. And so like Dominic Wilkins or George Gervin that had a usage rate above, um, above 30%. And now over half the league has, has a player. That they're utilizing like that yeah uh, just funneling their entire offense through and so it's it's tough to be like well who's the third guy there is no third guys anymore they they're they're the guys like there's i think that the middle class of nba players is uh just kind of gone
0: well and to add to that you've got the David certification where whether or not you have a star you want to market your team like you have a star so like, you know, hey, we could say Boston, maybe Boston would be a little bit better if Tatum was more one of the guys and they were just this awesome five man unit, but Tatum will always be marketed as the like absolute star. And maybe that's not the best example, but like Orlando, they're going to push Paolo as like their guy when really they have this collection of really nice talent or, you know, so we might just be in, in too much of a different era. But if we lock in Blackman at 202, that brings up Alvin Robertson. Uh, four-time All-Star, three-time steals champ, eight-time All-Defense, one of the few guards to win Depoy. And he is actually my next selection uh, here. Because I just, I really like the diversity of the skill sets. And if you're not going to be a team's number one option, you're not going to be the team's, maybe you are the team's number two, but you are a do-everything all-around player I mean, he's got his five year, three year peak, 88 to 91, where he's averaging basically 23, five and a half boards, uh, six assists and three steals. Like that is, let me just get, you know, do a bit of everything for you.
1: Yeah. 86. I mean, all the way to, to 92, even you could stretch it out. It's just like 16 points and five, five and three steals on top of that. He was actually my next pick as well. I liked, uh, I mean, the defensive impact from the defensive uh, from the guard position is uh, just kind of rare to find, rare to find in that sense. Um, I mean, 3.7 steals per game, I believe, is the highest total in the NBA. I think Don Boos had a four steal per game season in the ABA, um, but mm-hmm. in terms of NBA awards, I think that's, uh, I think it's about as high as it gets, and uh, that's uh, pretty impactful stuff.
0: I apologize. The stats I read, I, I missed in my note, those were those playoff stats from 88 to 91, 23.5. 5, okay, 5, I 6.2 is... Yeah, I was looking at his, his basketball reference page that I pulled. it. I was like, that does not look right. But in the playoffs, just three series, first-round exits each year. But, like, hey, 25, 6, and 6 with three steals. Or 23, 6, and 6. Like, that's nice.
1: That's really no, nice. Sure. On fit, over 50% shooting. Um, I think he does have, like, the worst playoff resume ever. <laughs> and, and then I don't blame him, like, necessarily. Good, yeah. It's yeah, he's, sure. He plays in four series and wins none of them, and he wins one playoff game. He's one in twelve in playoff games. I respect it. I respect it. I think Alvids is a great pick.
0: I I'm glad you said so because like I, I had this run on shooting guards because I thought about Sabonis at um, 202, and I I couldn't get there because of the next shooting guard. I was like, well, we gotta have Sabonis behind Joe Johnson. And so if we're gonna have Joe Johnson above Sabonis, then then we need to go for a run uh, on these shooting guards. So if we lock in Alvin at 203, how do you feel about Joey Johnson?
1: And that was also an X player. I think we were just in lockstep here. When will it fall apart?
0: Uh maybe the guy after ISO Joe. We'll we'll find out. But ISO Joe 1,277 regular season games. Just the pinnacle of durability the star level play was a lot shorter than i kind of remembered um seven time all-star gets in the mvp conversation twice but like you know he's he's only really leading teams for a couple of years in atlanta he has his phoenix suns tenure where he's able to put up some good shots but that was only two seasons so a bit shorter what would you like about him
1: you said mvp conversation that's a, that's a 12th and 15th place finish I, I don't know if i'm gonna go that far
0: we're 200 guys deep I don't,
1: <laughs> no you, you can find better than that at this point that's like that's like one atlanta beat writer tossing him a fifth place vote out of pity um i mean the thing with johnson is he's gonna get buckets he has twenty thousand points um it's him anton jameson and tom chambers in the twenty thousand point club but not a hall of famer he was he wasn't the best scorer in the league but he was incredibly trusted at the end of games he and i think he got that kind of reputation for being this crazy big game player because I mean he has like some of the most game winners of all time it's like michael jordan kobe joe johnson and he was really like that i think he can get overrated i mean the seven all-star appearances make you think like he should be much higher but Mm -hmm. you gotta focus on the one all-nba team it's just one it's one third team all-nba i think the best version of ISO Joe is like uh, the 15th best player in the league. That's about as high as you get. Be very consistent. Like, Top 30 player that played in the Eastern Conference.
0: Yeah. I mean, we always talk about like what Clay have been if he was on his own team. And that's kind of what Joe was. It's like if this guy could have been with other people, if he got to stick it out with Steve Nash, we're probably looking at Clay Thompson level of career where he is really contributing to winning. But instead, he went out on his own. They tried to build around him as best you can. uh, And he did fairly well. And you're picking on a 12th and 15th place finishes. Do you want to know what Reggie Miller's best finishes were? So we're looking at 13th
1: and 16th. Okay, but Joe Johnson scored, I I think he scored 20 points per game in a playoff series, like three times. Yeah. Three three times, I think. Uh, Let me check. Fact-checking time. One, two, three, four, five. I mean, if you told me Joe Johnson never scored 22 points per game in a playoff series, I would have told you you're lying. But that's just true. Um, It's a different era, and it's super slow. But what I feel about Joe Johnson is he should have been, like, the second guy behind, like, Kevin Garnett or Dwight Howard. And I think he's on these Atlanta teams that are, like, convinced that they're ready, that are just making moves like they're ready. And they're like, no, we have, like, Josh Smith and ISO Joe and let's get Mike Bibby and let's put all this together, like, make a run, when Joe Johnson's not that kind of of guy. Like Josh Smith wasn't that kind of guy, and they got good teams out of it, but it kind of made... Even in Brooklyn, like he goes to Brooklyn, same story. Like, we're going to trade for Garnett. We're ready right now. Like, we have all these pieces, and it's just like, you're pretending that Joe Johnson is something that he's not. He still is a very good player.
0: Yeah, but, you know, hey, the longevity, the the repertoire, like, that's, that's why he's here. I, I, I don't hate it. So that gets us down to 204 if you're comfortable, yeah. and then I'm i'm looking at it again with fresh eyes i wouldn't mind sabonis over my next guy
1: all right that sounds like a great placement
0: 205 205 sounds great perfect who's your next guy on the board been been a while since you
1: you got to speak (laughs) i have no problems um i had kimball walker kimball walker out of the hornets or the bobcats in the beginning um 19 points Locked per game for his career. Relaxed. That's good. Five assists. I yeah. just I felt like a huge part of this was like 2019. Kemba was awesome. He was so good. The 25 point a night with six assists, all 82 games. And that the Popcats fell just short of the playoffs, but goddamn he tried. I feel like I mean the thing with Kemba is he gets hurt, and when you're that tall at the point guard position, you're a score first guard. You lose that half step, you lose a step and a half, and now you go from bad on defense to completely unplayable and your offense isn't worth it anymore. And it's just it just really sucked to see the man. He was he's just a bucket. He just he he was an absolute bucket in his prime.
0: And he played in one of the toughest point guard eras. Mm-hmm. Like coming into it, he has he has to deal with with Chris Paul, Darren Williams, already there as he tries to ascend he gets the takeoff of steph curry of russell westbrook the transition of james harden into the point guard role uh john wall was still really good here like what was that six seven uh point guards that i named yeah. that played in his prime and were you know maybe not in their exact primes but very close to it if not in it like the, the fact that he gets the four all-star appearance the fact that he gets one all-nba appearance in that hotly contested of a league, not even to speak of shooting guards really, but like those were just the point guards or it's there. Um
1: yeah Dame really Kyrie Irving I'm looking at the twenty nineteen Kyrie All NBA forgot. team. The first team was Harden and Steph for the guard position and then Dame and Kyrie and then Westbrook and Kemba. Um and he just edged out barely Bradley Beal and Clay Thompson, guys like Ben Simmons, Mike Conley. Yeah, I'm- I feel good about that. Yeah.
0: It's just such a brutal position. The next year, 2020, after he made it, the year afterwards, it's James Harden, Luka Doncic, Dame, Chris Paul, Ben Simmons, Westbrook, uh, Bradley Beal, Kyle Lowry, Trey Young, Donovan Mitchell, uh, and then him in the voting. So, like, he got pushed way down. And that's, it's like, hey, Curry's out this year. Westbrook, I guess Westbrook was 13, but like, man, it's just such a deep guard rotation. He was in there for a minute. And so 206 feels like a good spot for him.
1: Back to you. Who's your next guy?
0: You know what? Let me just say real quick. This brings up on the point guard spot Lafayette Lever, good old fat lever. Uh, and then after Demontis Sabonis, our next available center per the rankings was Joakim Noah. Um, just just to keep people engaged and on where shoot, we're at. And shooting
1: guard. Shooting guard, we we Did Joe Johnson. So now we have Phil Chenier. Phil Chenier. Great. Yeah. Great name. Uh, great player. Great player. Got
0: got the great Jerry West quote about him. But uh my next nomination is going to be Dale Ellis, which Ellis wow. two amazing seasons. Kind of the rest is a little bit more forgettable, but insane longevity again. You know, like Joe Johnson and um shorter peak. Uh, I guess it is a 4-year stretch where he's in the 20 points per game, but then 1209 regular season games. And I really at this level I either want the super high peak or I want the really great longevity. And he kind of
1: gives me both. He does. He totally does. In um, 89, makes his only all-star appearance. All 82 games, 39 minutes a game at 27.5 points per game. Just a flamethrower from deep as well. 4.1 attempts per game at 48% from three. And then you're getting him playing forever and ever until 2000, age 39. He's still averaging double digits in 1999. He was the... I mean, he was the... the OG three point record holder. It was him, and then uh-huh. Michael Adams took it for a second, and then back to Dale Ellis, and then that's where Reggie got it, and then Ste- and then Ray Allen, and then Steph. So, but it all starts with Dale Ellis, and he was my next guy as well. I just, I, uh, I promise we didn't talk about this prior.
0: <laughs> I well, we did talk earlier. And we're like, I feel like we're gonna have similar lists. I think we've been doing this long enough, and you know, deep enough that we're kind of like, I, I know what the other person likes, but. On that three-point shooting note uh he leads the league in three-point percentage one time second another time top five a total of five times if just percentage wise uh top 10 another the total of seven times top 20 13 times in his career like this man really you you not you said flamethrower that, that's the best way to describe him he was just an unbelievable shooter for the 80s and 90s and yeah the volume is lower uh he kind of you know he's a top 10 top three in field goals made with sub 100 couple of these years but it's fine it's the era it's that's 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 what matters um okay cool so 207
1: yeah really quickly on ellis they the supersonics are a pretty good team throughout um his his time there in in 1987 they make the conference finals they do get swept by the 87 lakers which that's the one of the greatest teams ever but in the first two rounds he averages 29 points per game with seven boards on 50 40 80 splits that's great. That's been that's that's why they win those first two playoff series. Is he just catches fire? We've hit on all the positions except for power forward. Do you think Derek Coleman's feeling lonely?
0: He might be, and and you know what? We will talk about him. But uh, he's not my next guy. Is he your next guy? No, no. All no, right, he's not. Who's your next guy? Can we break the lockstep. Maybe it's shooting guard Phil Schneider. Okay, I I had one guy above Phil Schneider. Who was that? My guy above him was Michael Finley.
1: Okay. I had Finley, um I had I had Finley after him at two oh nine, so we could see how we feel.
0: Basically back and forth either way.
1: Yeah. I, I when we did um Chenier's ranking for the shooting guard position, you had mentioned that he's basically Clay Thompson for the seventies bullets. That's kind of his role. They had the they had Wes Unseld, they had Elvin Hayes, but to space the floor and knock down these big shots was, was Phil Chenier. Mm-hmm averaging over 20 points per game in the 75 playoff run to get to the finals and while they lose that finals the bullets are still just such a good team throughout the the 70s that he has i feel like i like his contributions to winning and in that 75 playoff run in total is 24 points per game with four boards and three assists on 47 percent shooting then they really needed that to be such an elite team that 75 team is is i think sick up to 60 wins that correct yeah that's a 60 it's a 60 win bullets team and he collects uh, three all-star appearances and all on team in 75 and he does win the 78 championship with them but he's pretty banged up by that point i just i like that 75 run i, I felt like it was really important
0: so the 78 season he gets hurt and does not play the entire playoffs uh but the guy who took his took over the starting spot kevin Gervy. we'll call it Gervy. um was quoted after like immediately after they won and then they won in seven games of like you know how does it feel to beat the sonics and gervy's response was if we had phil we would have swept them which i you know it, it does kind of suck and like that is kind of why I, I i went for finley over him is because of that ultimate he wasn't there when they needed him mm-hmm. just was hurt didn't you know we, we don't get to see him actually do it Whereas Finley, yeah, it's it's in a decreased role, but we do finally get to see him uh, be a starter for a championship team and be that versatile defensive player with the Spurs in 07. Um, so that that was kind of my like tiebreaker vote was Finley. I think has a lot better longevity, not quite as high of a peak, but then in the contributions to winning department, he was actually there to able to contribute when his team won the title.
1: I think I'm in on Finley, honestly. Like going through Shaniar. I gave the case, and it kind of just boiled down to just such a brief stretch in that one playoff run. I think of the Bullets as just, uh, I guess, the Bullets make, I mean, they make three finals in the 70s, and he's, he's only there mm-hmm. for like one in point, 1.2 of those, basically. And, and But what I really liked about Finley is the three minutes per game titles because those Dallas teams are really good. And that just that speaks volumes to me, where you have one of the better teams in the league, and they have Michael Finley out there all the time, mm-hmm. every game, 42 minutes a night. He's getting 20 points, six boards, five assists. He's versatile defensively, like you said. I just, I, I like that, man. I mean, 34 minutes per game for his career. And on the 07 Spurs, he plays all 82 games. He's coming off the bench, but he's still uh, finding a valuable place. And But those those Dallas years are really good. Gets us to all-star appearances and is, is a constant.
0: I I was the guy that would buy like the new 2K or new NBA Live game like every third year. Like I w- I I was never the person that bought it every year. And that 04 Mavs team was him, Dirk Nowitzki, Antoine Walker, Steve Nash, Antoine Jameson, um, Josh Howard, and Sean Bradley. <laughs> which uh, Br- Bradley didn't play a ton, but in video games, Sean Bradley was fantastic. And I'm like sure. that team, that team, I played so so much with those guys because you had unlimited spacing and scoring and like it, you put Dirk at the five you put Antoine Walker out there and, and you're just gonna make it rain Walker did not do that in
1: the real world but Walker was a good three-point shooter I made a video about him the other day pretty good 34 percent like three attempts per game that 4 Mavs team is the best relative offense of all time they were playing at just an absurd level. And in Finley he was out there for 42 minutes. Have 42 minutes of that? Is he still yeah? Let me check on that. Yeah. 38 minutes a game.
0: Uh that uh that 04, season, Antoine Walker was shooting
1: 26.9% from three. He would go on to shoot better.
0: On his career, he was a much better shooter. That was a bad year for him.
1: But, sure. He hadn't right. developed yet.
0: So Finley 208, chenier 209. Are you ready to discuss Derek Coleman at this point?
1: Maybe. Maybe. (laughs) Maybe.
0: Okay, Okay. good, good. It's a little bit too easy when we just agree on everything. Plus, then we end up talking about it for way too long. I mean, what, we're 35 minutes into recording this, and we've only talked about
1: nine guys? Dang, we got to speed it up. I had one guy ahead of Coleman. I had one more guy, and it was our new small four nomination, Rashard Lewis. Okay, Interesting. I have them down at two twenty-five. Really? Whoa! You didn't have a small forward for that long? Yeah. Um, wow. I think I had a no, couple I, warm.
0: I don't plan to talk about small forwards or shooting or so, small forwards or point guards for a little bit. Which, to be fair, you know, ranking out to seventy-five on each of these guys, we, we have we've had a lot more small forwards and point guards and centers okay. than anything else. So uh, I, I think there's a little bit more talent-rich in the power forward.
1: Our first big. Discrepancy. I have to sell Richard Lewis. What I love about Lewis yeah. is his versatility and his ability to be effective in multiple different roles. Mm-hmm. At like 6'10, his off the dribble scoring and his three point shooting was really valuable. For the 05 Sonics, he is an all star, averaging 20 points a night on the second best offense in the league, and they win 52 games. He's kind of the second star next to Ray Allen. That was a really effective role. And then again, when he goes to Orlando, and he's definitely the guy behind. White, he is his floor spacing is so so good in the run to the finals at the Magic have 2009. He's playing 41 minutes a night. He's 19 points per game in six boards, shooting almost 40% from three. He was he was the key for that Magic team to take the next step, to be that Finals contender, because you had Dwight, you had to surround him as shooters. The best one that could still give you that size, it, almost in the entire NBA, was Richard Lewis. He spaced the floor beautifully, and he still had the height to not get eaten up at the fourth position and that's my richard lewis case
0: i would push back i would say he's guy number 3 uh behind what hideo Turkaloo brought but uh, to that
1: that team. hideo my ass what are you talking about no <laughs> Turkaloo. get out of here what, what do you mean get out of here
0: or, okay 2009 richard lewis 17.7 points per game 5.7 boards do 16.8 eight points uh 5.3 boards but assists Heo's at five assists. Richard is at two point six. It is hedu getting in there, playmaking, passing, and that is really setting up the rest of this team.
1: Who's he setting up? Who's he? Who's he kicking out to? Rashard Lewis. He's kicking out to Rashard Lewis.
0: <laughs> he's also hitting to White with the lobs. He's you know hedu yeah, is
1: I get that.
0: he's the master of this team, especially when Jameer Nelson goes down and in the playoffs you needed someone to be like a, the, the ball handler. It's not Rashard Lewis that's ball handling, because Rashard Lewis cannot pass.
1: Sure, sure. He can't pass. But you get you get 1,000 games. I mean, how long, how long does Hito Turkle like? Not that we're co- comparing these guys for the list, but just talking about Lewis, you get 1,000 games and 15 points a night.
0: Hito, you get uh, 1,000 games with 11 points a night. Yeah, he
1: he, he has that one season. That's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but that one season was a was was was, was was Hito an all-star in 2009? He was not it an was All-Star 2,000. So, but it was Richard Lewis. Yeah. People
0: have a scoring bias way too much. He do average like one fewer points, but was creating for this team. Come on. I don't buy it. The thing that I, I just, I felt like with Richard, or it was, he could never really do much. Like, like he was, he was fully dependent on being set up by other guys. And like those Sonics teams, the 06, 07 teams after his good 05 run, you tried to turn it over to him, and it was just eh, it 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 was pretty bad. And then he has that brief if time in Orlando where he's getting set up by Hidu and you know gets to play off of Dwight, and that's an awesome role for him. That's a great third man in here. That's that's why we have a Kyle Kuzma in the league, or why we you know have other or third.
1: I hate Kyle fans. Kuzma. <laughs> that's your. I think with like with the modern NBA, like we've talked about, like because it's so star heavy your third options are kind of bad. And so it's like, yeah, he's the third guy. It's like, well, third guy used to be good. Like the third guy on teams used to be good. Now it's like Danny Green. Danny Green's like your third star.
0: Well, and I, I Kuzma, because of the inflation of offense, Kuzma is just going to have a better career or averages and whatnot. <laughs> like, I, I don't know if he'll ever get to the longevity of Richard Lewis, but like if he plays another 10 seasons or so and get, has close to that longevity, we'll, we'll do side-by-sides of their numbers. And Kuzma's never yeah. just gonna blow Rashard out of the water at it. Nowhere near the <laughs> Is
1: Kuzma games. ever gonna make an all-star team? Are the Wizards gonna win five games? I mean <laughs> <laughs> that's oh. I don't think like I don't think so. I don't think either of those things are true. All right. the, the longevity is a is a
0: factor that I hadn't quite considered as much. Um I too high. Too high. We we can work him down. Yeah. Um I do also Fine. just wanna say he is currently the Pistons big man coach. So I'm not I'm not holding Beef Stew against his playing record, but um I'm not holding James Wiseman's lack of development against his playing record. Not not holding Marvin Bagley's uh development against his playing record, but just think, think it needs to be said. All right. Um so I, I had Derek Coleman here. Um and my case for Coleman was just the absolute peak where he came in and he was a problem. He was a guy that you built your team around for a four five year period um before he ballooned up in weight. But there was a serious time where it was it looked like he was going to join the ranks of the rising power forward era of Carl Malone, of Charles Barkley, of you know Sean and Kemp. Um and, and I wouldn't even say joint. He was he was there. It was twenty ten with uh three and a half assists is for basically this five year stretch, but then got injured, got fat, and really fell off strong. And it was, is is kind of nineties Demarcus Cousins, but we have Demarcus Cousins higher than this.
1: Gotta fix that. Gotta fix that. I don't know what the fuck are we thinking? That was a huge mistake.
0: I believe you said, and I quote, he was
1: really talented. He was good. Yeah, that's true. I said some I said some dumb shit like that. Um, yeah, that was a huge mistake. We have him like above Jean Rondo. That's just ridiculous. What's yeah. wrong with me? You put him above of uh, Rashid Wallace. Rashid Wallace is like, where did I have Rashid Wallace? Not in this episode. Maybe in the next one. Yeah, but if we're gonna have him there, I think we need to have Coleman up here too. Do you want to adjust that right now?
0: No, no. We're forty-five yeah. minutes in. We've only <laughs> gotten through nine guys. I don't, know
1: why, I don't know why it's taking so long. I feel like we're like been in lockstep. We just have a we have a lot to say. Yeah. Derek Coleman was was my next guy. Comes into the league before he balloons up. He is this crazy guy. He's like super athletic physical, strong, left-handed presence. And he was reported to basically not give a shit. That's kind of the issue. And uh he he, I'd I'd seen some article from quite some time ago that Basie said like he could have been Duncan if he cared. But he just cared so little. Um and he kinda rubbed coaches the wrong way because he was reported that he would get his and then kinda check out. But the thing is if getting his is 25 and 15 then it's it's a little okay like I'm okay with that as long as he's getting it yeah. some people some people can't get that
0: Are you I think when we did the power forward pod you pointed out that his um, 94 playoffs was 25 15 in boards his uh, 93 playoffs 27 13 boards with almost f- like four and a half assists like and two and a half blocks that that's superstar shit. and I don't I don't think shark is yeah. ever near that level.
1: Yeah, I fell in love with the three and D role player. I'm sorry. (laughs) Well, I I got wrapped up in the in the system, and yeah, I was. To be fair,
0: my next guy is the role is the role player, and it's the next power forward on the list. Uh, Buck Williams, three time All Star, one time All NBA, four time All Defense, uh, member of two Finals teams. Uh, and two of them. Yeah, he was there in Portland in '90
1: and '92.
0: Yeah, also. The year in between ninety one, where they they
1: go pretty deep. I was just accentuating your point of two finals. Ah, <laughs> I uh, he was my next guy as well, so we're we're doing great. I felt like it's 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 like when like coleman comes in and they both start with the nets coleman comes in he dominates and then he kind of gets fat and doesn't dominate anymore with buck williams he comes in immediate all star is all nba in his second season he's this 15 point a game with 12 boards like, owns the rebounding um owns the glass is what i meant to say and is a really solid defender and, and he gets the nets from some twenty win team to kind of frisky with the playoffs which is really hard to do in new jersey and uh then he transitions instead of getting fat he stays in shape and transitions to this like really awesome uh defensive-minded power forward for really great blazers teams and i like that
0: yeah uh career 120 win shares no one we're going to discuss today is is that high has that much contributions um both at the high end and, and then over the longevity span like gosh what was um we talked about joe johnson earlier up his for comparison winchairs wise he was at 82 winchairs richard lewis is at 90 so like just yeah. you know up there but the fact that buck in a shorter time well actually not a short time frame 1307 games really long time frame if i guess i should say but high effort defense rebounds not really a passer or a shooter but just just the prototypical power forward of the late 80s and 90s
1: He's 17th all-time in rebounds. And he's kind of like, in my head, he's kind of like the Blazers version of Andre Godala for the Warriors, mm. where they had this kind of young upstart team, and it's like getting frisky with Clyde and Steph Curry or something. And then you bring in this like heavy-handed veteran that does the dirty work, and that makes you a legitimate contender. And uh, yeah, that's what I saw. I actually like that, because then you also kind of have the parallel with Kevin Duckworth and Andrew Bogut. that
0: kind of works that, thank you i like it yeah you know? all right so if we put him in at 211 um any chance he got some larry Keenan love
1: that's it man man that's right
0: yeah and uh aba to nba a conversion guy um gets the championship hip in the aba as, as i put down the third guy behind um billy pultz and julius irving i think we debated that a little bit he had an 11 steal game which i just think is a A really fun kind of tidbit for him but super fast would ignite the fast break or could could run the break with anyone his 1979 season 22 points per game basically 10 boards with four assists and two steals as a power forward so like he's either getting a steal or getting the board and then pushing the tempo and it's not just let me run and dunk on the other end but he can also make the play and find the guy and i i just think that's a really fun type of guy to have.
1: And he makes that transition from the ABA to the NBA. Mm-hmm. And and so many players aren't able to do that. I think he's a great example of that. A lot of those ABA guys, they make the transition. They're like 28. And then they're twenty; they're heading into their 30s and the 70s. That's ancient, but Keon was very young. Um, his first year in the NBA was uh, age 24, and he's just automatic all-star in 78, then 79. Still had that ability and pretty unique. Gets his title in the ABA. I think uh, that was my next guy, and I feel great about it.
0: Yeah. yeah. one of the other things about making that transition from the ABA to the NBA that really helped that he stuck with one of the ABA franchises, or he was able to stay with um, the franchise. So the Spurs had a ton of money for that era, um, whereas a lot of these guys, like they, they jump, or there's only a couple of ABA franchises that make it over. So then you know you're playing on a new system with a new team that already has established guys. Like it, it just it, it was a rougher transition for a lot of them. And he he was in a good good position and took full advantage of it. Who who else do you have? Because I'm willing to push Richard down as far as as far as you'll let me push
1: him okay so at the shooting guard position we got phil Shinnerian a bit ago and his <laughs> replacement is andrew tony sixers legend andrew tony and then we got michael phillian and his replacement is metaworld peace right uh, his replacement okay. was richard lewis was richard Lewis, and then peace is after that okay was richard lewis yeah okay and then fat leaving for the point guards
0: sorry i started power laughing forward because I thought you were gonna make the case for Andrew Tony right there, and Andrew Tony was my next guy up, and I was like, "Are we, are we seriously sure gonna continue this?"
1: <laughs> uh, let me see where I had Tony. Uh, I actually I had a I I had small forwards ahead of Tony, and so it's like I don't know how I feel about that. Um, okay. I had I went I like as I just I liked meta World Piece and I liked Elif Shrimp, and I wanted to get him in there, um, but maybe maybe you have to wait maybe we'll wait a little bit, and that's totally fine. because um, I I do love some Andrew Tony, the Boston Strangler you want to make your case no no
0: i mean you you had the passion for him last time around i i will let you make that case
1: <laughs> tony is just incredible for just these two seasons it's 83 and 84 a little bit of 85 a little bit of 82 but really those two all-star seasons and is a part of the 83 sixers just one of the five greatest teams of all time in the 83 finals, he he puts 22 points and two boards and five assists on the Lakers' head in a sweep. In the series before that, it's basically the same. In the, in the 82 finals against the Lakers, they lose that one, but he's 26 points a night and eight assists per game. Um, and, of course, the Boston Strangler, huge games in the playoffs versus Boston. And that's really, like, the Sixers, the, the Eastern Conference is such a bloodbath. Like, the Lakers kind of get to walk... The Lakers kind of get to walk to the finals, which is fine, because if you still win the finals, you're the best team in the league. Um, But the Sixers and and the Celtics went at each other year after year after year, and it's Tony that gets the Sixers over the edge a couple times. I felt like – I do feel like it's a little too early, given he plays in less than 500 games, but do you have something to push back over the edge?
0: No, no. um, Defeating the 82 Celtics, I, I really liked it. It's the game seven. Dropping 34 points on 14 for 23 shooting. Like he was big in big moments. Yes, he does kind of shoot them out of game six, going one for eleven. Um
1: may- maybe I was just too high on Tony. Um and Barkley said he was the best player he ever played with.
0: And Barkley played with Moses Malone, Julius Irving, um Kevin Johnson, Hakeem a lot Like Barkley played with guys.
1: Yeah. You think he'd say scotty Pippen? I don't think Barkley would suggest him. <laughs> Pippin was good. Pippin was good. He was he was better than he was better than people gave him credit for in Houston.
0: But also in that that time frame, that was like a blend of Pippen being good and Barkley and Pippen beefed. So, no, Barkley would never say that. All right. So so if we're not in on Tony, uh, we're not in on Lewis. Who can we find some common ground with? Or or are you just putting the foot down saying this is where Richard needs to be?
1: I feel like that's where Shard needs to be because okay. at this point we're going to be doubling up. I mean, we can do my next guy that we that doesn't require other guys to be put down is is Fat Lever, who's very good, two time All Star, once an NBA player, is uh, a fourteen point six boards, six assists, has some crazy rebounding seasons. Like in, in nineteen ninety, he's eighteen points and nine boards and six and a half assists. The, uh, Denver makes the conference finals with him there and uh, has averages a triple-double in the 85 second round, and that's that's pretty cool stuff. Do you want to do him, and then we can try to flush out some of these small forwards?
0: Um, you know what? Let's, let's take Richard or Lewis first. Okay. Uh, I did have fat over Richard, but I'm not as passionate about,
1: about that. So with that, our next small forward is Meta World Peace. Are you interested? I like Meta. yeah. Little Lakers stuff. He was my next guy. Great defensive role player. Has a defensive player of the year season. Got the Kings to the playoffs. Made an all NBA team.
0: Also, I mean, we talked about it, it already, but the Indiana Pacers team was supposed to be a title team. Yes, they're not a title team because Metal World Peace happened, because he ran into the stands. Also, he missed games earlier that it's season. Ben Wallace punched Rams.
1: him. <laughs> yes. Like, it's, um, like, and I don't know. At him, yeah, someone chucked to beard him. Ben Wallace fouled him way too hard. It's Ben Wallace's fault. No, no. no. He sorry. fouled Ben Wallace. Ah shit, I'm sorry. He he fouled so he fouled Wallace. He fouled okay, Wallace. Right. Wallace turns around, chokes him. <laughs> okay. Maybe that maybe that's that that's that that's what I had thought of. Where it's like, why the fuck did Ben Wallace like attack him after yeah. like, dude, the game is over?
0: <laughs> yeah. Also it was like three days after Ben Wallace's brother had died. So like Whoa yeah
1: i think all right okay there's some extra circumstances i wasn't aware of I'll, yeah. uh, I'll take it back
0: yeah i i remember watching that game live and i remember the foul happening and be like ah that's gonna shoot free throws i turned away and like flipped to another channel watched a different game and then i uh, they were like breaking news out of detroit and i'm like what on earth is ha- could like happen in detroit <laughs> this game was over it was a hard foul like cool we, we got a scuffle uh and then they start showing i was like oh my god i turned away at just the wrong moment man but but like, it was supposed to be in the mvp conversation that year uh he was an elite two-way player and and like never gets back up to those levels after that season but the oh four year he was he he was just so good on both ends um all uh First team all defense, third team
1: all NBA. They like And they make the conference finals. They make the conference finals. They like do. it's a really good team. Yeah. Who put him, him out, in? Who took him out that year?
0: It was uh Detroit. Okay. Makes sense. Detroit won the gym. Yeah. So if we if we put him in, did you have Detlef Shrimp uh, as your next guy right after him or I did, yeah. Really, you just went on this run of small forwards.
1: I I tend to get in that habit. I don't know. I, I feel like I just, I liked, I liked metal world peace. He got up to an all NBA level. He won a defensive player of the year. That team made the conference finals, and then he transitions into the role player and like helps the Rockets win a playoff series after they, they couldn't for the longest time and helps the Lakers win two championships. But for Detlef, you're getting the three All-Star seasons in an All-NBA level and just, dude, played forever. He played for so long. From 86 to 01, age 23 to 38, over 1,100 games of 14 points a night. And he just has like 93 it's 19 points nine boards and six assists or 95 it's 19 points six boards and 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 four assists he's this like ever so versatile offensive nightmare for mismatches and i feel like you saw what he could do as like the second guy within with reggie miller and those teams are just okay but then it's him and like gary payton and sean Kemp, and those sonics teams were so so good and i feel like Having him there as kind of the offensive uh, wild card help them go uh, straight to the finals in 60-win teams. I'll
0: take it. Uh, I'll buy it. I right. did, didn't have him this high initially, um, just because I was also kind of pushing Richard Lewis down. But if we're going to break the, the Richard Lewis seal, with, I'm fine mm. with it. Could I maybe interest you in pushing Andrew Tony back if we're not going
1: to sure. put him up here? Because I... He was my next guy. Oh, he was your next guy? Okay yeah if you wanted to do it was him and then i had beal the next shooting guard.
0: that's that's what i was gonna say is
1: maybe we underrated Beal a little bit we didn't we didn't we were fine we're fine i don't All care right. All <laughs> right. fine
0: so a lot of those high scoring years um the 30 win or the 30 points for game seasons were on non-playoff or russell westbrook got you to the playoff team like 34 and yeah. 38 team uh 25 and 47 teams both kind of shortened seasons so yeah it's, it's impressive numbers.
1: It did not matter too much. Andrew Tony averaged 20 plus points in two finals. I, I like, I'm not going to have that conversation yet. Okay.
0: But if Bradley Beal got to play with Moses Malone and Julius Irving, I think he could average 20 points in the finals.
1: Well, that's why he's the next guy. that's yeah. why he. That's why he's the next guy. And that's fine. But just in terms of like, you got to do something at some point. You can't just be talented.
0: Okay. Fair enough. Can I offer you someone that's not talented, but did something? Sure. <laughs>
1: <laughs> a terrible
0: segue into Joakim
1: Noah.
0: Just, okay. Just heart hustle. Um, you know, a lot of these guys had really great longevity. Talking about Shrimp, talking about but, uh, Buck Williams, whatnot. I think we're kind of moving away from some of that really good longevity with Andrew Tony getting off the board. Uh, our next shooting guard now that we've gotten Bradley Beal off the board is Brandon Roy. Joakim Noah, also not a lot of longevity. But what he did in that shortened span where Chicago is just an unstoppable team, people people give a lot of that credit to Rose, who was getting the MVP. But they're first in defense, second in defense, sixth in defense, and then second in defense. Sorry, a little bit of a hiccup in there. But like that's three top two defensive rating finishes in a four-year span. And that is, in large part, Joaquin Noah.
1: Yeah, I mean, I actually didn't have him in the top 25 i just i could it was so brief but i do think you're right um i I think i was probably too low on him i got kind of caught up in like the the, oh four sorry the 2014 MVP voting he is fourth Mm -hmm. but it's like it's like a who gives a shit fourth because lebron wins it by like lebron gets like 98 percent of the votes and and so after that i mean yeah give who like if it does if it doesn't matter why not give joe kim noah a vote like why not? He, yeah, him and in sixteen other people got zero first place votes that season. Yeah, it's it's just not as strong. But he's still first team on BA, and, and I'll give him that. That's why we're having that conversation. Um, I just I feel like I like um like if I if I had to pick the the no longevity guys, I I really I think I'd rather have Brandon Roy.
0: Okay. Did you have someone else? Um, or, or who's your next yeah, guy? Like who's your two people? eighteen? <laughs> hey the i i had quite a few guys before or uh shrimp but yeah you yeah. gave a passionate case and all of these guys were really so close that
1: eh. i had fat lever next i felt like is uh from we'll go 85 to 90 you get about six years there of 17 points seven and a half boards seven half assists nuggets are pretty good nuggets are a pretty solid team it's it's basically purely a statistical argument but he's also all defense at some point so he's uh he's giving that kind of that kind of production as well something i do want to note, like as we go through this you're going to start to see archetypes of players that don't exist anymore and 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 while fat lever is actually more of a modern point guard like we're going to get to guys where like mark jackson in a couple years when we get to him um the like the pass first defense defensive oriented or a, or a Maurice cheeks like a mo cheeks kind of guy those guys don't exist anymore like the guards on teams get buckets now that's just how the game is played and it used to be like more kind of a team oriented like our point guard distributes and then finds the open man and then pesters the other team's best ball handler so it is interesting seeing like like we're going to talk about carlos boozer that guy is never coming back like we'll never see a booze cruise player again so just something to think about
0: i i think we will but we'll talk about him in a minute. And I actually, I think you might be selling fat a little bit short here um, because he is a kind of a do-everything guard. He, you know, from 87 to 90, 19 points, nine boards, seven and a half mm. assists. That is, like, Man. the rebounding numbers for Fat Lever are really quite surprising when, what is he, like, 6'2", 6'3"? 6'3". As a point guard, that's that's kind of almost Russell westbrook Uh especially as the lead and a half steals? Yeah, as
1: the league totally is starting to meadow. slow
0: down, uh, it is a very weak playoff resume. Uh, not much success, but I do want to say they were having success one of the years. It was, I figured it was 86 it's eighty-six. Better than
1: Bradley Beal. Eighty-five. <laughs> it's it's fine. He plays in thirteen playoff series and wins and wins five of them. He's 12.6 points, six board, six assists in those uh, playoff series. Is killing me? The second round numbers. Oh, he makes it. A... Okay, all right. I'm seeing where I went
0: wrong. Um, all right. Which, which is the year that he gets hurt? Uh, 85.
1: 85. I'm pretty we're... sure. I mean, the the, the numbers which would suggest that. He goes from 17 points, 11 boards, 10 assists in 33 minutes to 9, 4, and 5 on 21 minutes. I feel like something happened there.
0: Yeah. Uh, I think it, it was – I don't know. He got hurt or when the team was having a fair amount of success. They did continue to win. Um, they win in that Utah series is without him but still we could have gotten better from him we could have seen more of him so it's not like the lack of playing on winning teams or the lack of contributions to winning are like he wasn't good enough to get there it's not like a it's not like a fault of his where they played him a ton and the team just sucked because he was out there it's it's he was hurt uh all right we'll lock him in 218 in for uh fat lever yep
1: the next point guard is mocheeks i got terry porter next the next point guard is terry porter all right, I was like,
0: "Where's Mo?" Okay, Mo. Mo is forty-eight. In <laughs> I know, I guard list. Terry Porter. I think I I flip-flopped them when we were talking about them in the point guards because they're just very similar archetypes of, of very steady guys. Um, are you wanting to make a case for Terry Porter at this point? Uh, my current nomination is Joakim Noah, and I do actually, unfortunately. The next guy I have after him would be Carl
1: Anthony Towns. So I am uh, Carl Anthony Towns. Holy shit. Yeah, (laughs) that's insane. Okay. Um. Yeah. uh, uh, Terry Porter. I I had Brandon Roy, but I think I'd like to go Porter over Roy in the 90, 91, 92 deep playoff runs, two finals runs for the Blazers. He is 20 points and seven assists per game on almost 50% shooting. He is so crucial. To those playoff runs, it's really just awesome. And then he plays in twelve hundred games from uh for seventeen years, from eighty six to 02 That's a ton of longevity. And at his peak, he's giving really high level basketball to final teams. You want to do him?
0: Yeah, it's it's kind of funny. Cause we've talked about a lot of those Blazers, or it's from those runs because it's it's Clyde Drexler a, as the main guy, but then it is Buck Williams. It is this Terry Porter. God, I cannot think of the small forward's name him right now. Uh, Jerome Kersey and, and Kevin Duckworth and like they are a, a team they are a five-man unit and basically whenever you pull off one of those guys the team just would fall apart entirely and I I re-watched the, the 90 finals over the the offseason and whenever Porter was out of the game the team just just struggled so much I really like having Terry Porter in this spot
1: sounds great lock him in locked him in is it Brandon Roy time I will
0: accept either Roy Joakim Noah or Carlos Boozer at this point
1: let's do roy and then noah all right
0: roy i think you're right i did actually also have him above terry porter coming into this this uh, day but with brandon roy it's it's so short and so much of what we're talking about is what could have been and where he could have gone it is it's 326 regular season games still a three-time all-star still a two-time all-nba a player um although i do think the guards were a bit weaker in that era you know campbell walker did did not have the luxury of playing in this nba he probably is picking up a few more
1: yeah in 09 he's ahead of like billups and tony parker and and that, those kind of guys yeah
0: yeah those um, are good players yeah yeah i mean 09 and billups uh was his first year in denver and got them to the western conference finals well so like th- that's one of my favorite billups years it, it's it's fair it's just not like He's not dealing with the deaths of Curry and Lillard and Kyrie and all yeah. the other people for contention on these award or selections. But, you know, hey, he gets he gets three amazing years before injury just, just rips him away from us. And I refuse to acknowledge those five Minnesota games because they were uh, really sad to watch and really hard to watch. But 07 to 2010, 21 points, five assists, four and a half boards per game. Um, Yeah, I I think the longevity is just too little to put him ahead of Terry Porter, especially just all-time Blazers talk, but what he
1: could have been. I have my top 10 players each season for my stats model. Mm. In 2009, Brandon Roy comes in in 7th. 7th place, behind behind Pau Gasol and right ahead of Dirk Nowitzki. Um, Yeah. In 2014, Joakim Noah was 11th. So you, you get similar cases, but I'd like to take Roy first.
0: All right, so Roy in 2020... Joakim Noah, twenty twenty one. That means we have four spots left. I'm not walking out of here without Carlos Boozer, without Eddie Jones. Um, you might be able to push me back on Carl Anthony Towns. I do just think like we, we don't have many guys left My that were number
1: ones. <laughs> we just talked. Okay, yeah, no, sure. Okay, one, well, but we'll like... It was a terrible number one. It was horrible. This that those Minnesota teaser are, are horrible. Okay, um, I had so the next point guard is Mo Chiques nope james silas oh man you're right it is silas. <laughs> where did i have silas i don't know oh, where you had silas meant silas. Silas. <laughs> silas james silas man i don't know yeah i guess i had that mixed up we we had moved silas around a little bit over text and i think he's got shuffled okay
0: did i not update silas right i probably didn't update him if we had moved him around over text but let me see um
1: Come on,
0: you, you can't really want Mo Cheeks
1: in this this level. He'll, he'll be no, starting
0: next pod. We're not talking about another point guard today.
1: I had, you yeah, know, you're right, it's Silas. Okay, Silas yeah. is there, and then it's Cheeks. Okay, we're so... Not, we're not there's, discussing there's point there's guards. What?
0: We're not discussing small forwards the rest of today. It's centers, power forwards, shooting
1: guards. That's not true. There's a point guard. No, I'm not leaving. out. I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving here. <laughs> I'm not leaving here without Jean Shoe. Jean Xu. Shoe's coming with me. Where the,
0: where the hell is Gene Shoe?
1: He's. You might have to fill in some point guards. I nah. There's too many point guards to fit in. I just wanted him.
0: There's so many. He has three point guards back. We're not.
1: I yeah. I know. I know. I just we haven't had a single '50s player yet. I feel like uh, I feel like it's due. But okay.
0: Then, then talk Bobby Waz- Wanzer.
1: Wanzer. I have um. I have Gene Shoe. All right. Sorry. Ah. Uh, we have four spots. I have Eddie Jones. And I have Carlos Boozer, so let's okay. get those two guys in.
0: Did you have Boozer over Jones, or Jones over or Booze? I had
1: Jones over Boozer.
0: I knew you would. My case for Boozer over Jones is just being the twenty and ten guy, uh, the continuation of the Jerry Sloan forever pick and roll, well, and just being able to spam that gets the Western Conference Finals. What was it in? What was it oh seven? Um, as a twenty three point five points per game and twelve boards, or type of guy. Uh, the playoffs from 07 to 10, 20 points, 12 and a half boards, just just a, a reliable, consistent, strong screen setter. Um, that that really paired super nicely with Darren Williams because he could he'd get the the hard screen. You had to go under it. Um, Williams was not a, a great um, shooter, but. If you went over it, he was just going to barrel chestfully go through guys. And I, I think that screen setting, that pick and roll ability, and that finishing at the rim uh, over a four-season stretch is better than anything we saw Eddie Jones put up.
1: I think that's fair. I think he really he molds to the era and, and fits it perfectly. The bruising power forward. So we'll do Boozer at, where is he? 223? 222? Boozer 222. Boozer 222. Jones. Jones
0: 223.
1: So we have Silas at the point guard position, Bobby Wanzer, Cincinnati Royals legend at the shooting guard position. Glenn Robinson, big dog at small forward. If Boozer's gone, then it's Rudy Tom Janovich and the center is Cronthony Town. So Bobby Wanzer.
0: All right. Young yeah, All-Star. Would be seven if it, if the award had been uh five-time All-Star, but the award yeah, didn't sorry. exist um for a couple of the years when he was in the league, where mm-hmm. if it did, um I, what, he was all NBA. In those years because that existed but all-star didn't no no he didn't become all-nba till later i i still think he's probably but you can a
1: make star. the case Could yeah be more say five we'll say five-time all-star three-time all-nba as it stands seven appearances in the top 20 for assists per game three in the top 10 for points per game and he was very efficient as well with uh in 1952 he was fourth in field goal percentage and this is a shooting guard
0: four top six finishes in true shooting you know is arguably the Third guy uh, on the Royals championship roster in 52, but just just early NBA BAA player. Um, true shooting added of 750, really efficient shooter scorer for the era. Um, has a 90% free throw shooting season. Back back in the 50s, which, you know, f- the the whole court was very different. The ball that they played with was uh, was a, a different material. It had uh, lumps in it. it. had, like, a, a football-style arch stitching in it Um, that, that made it bounce weird. So getting 90% from a free throw line one season is, is really wild. Like, I, I wonder how many years it took someone else to get that. I, I probably could look that up without too much effort, but um, that just... That's that's really wild in my mind to, to shoot that well back then. So oh, that, of course. That leaves us one last p- position. And if you really don't want to do Carl anthony Towns, I will offer you up someone who you may be more interested in. What do you got? I got Rudy Tomjanovich.
1: Yes, that's who I was going to make a case for. That's fantastic. 225 is Rudy Tomjanovich. Go ahead, please.
0: Victim of John Feinstein's The Punch Book uh, gets just absolutely clocked by a Kermit Washington. And unfortunately that's all most people know about him. But what what we do have um, from 73 to 78, he has 20 points per game or 21 points, basically nine boards is it, it's him. And oh gosh, a Calvin Nat? Calvin Murphy. It's Calvin, Calvin Murphy, yeah. Calvin Murphy. Like you said, NBA Mad Libs uh, leading a bad, <laughs> bad Rockets team. But they still make the playoffs a couple of those years, in 75 and 77.
1: 77, they would win 49 games, make the conference finals. Um, And that's like super young Moses Malone, plus Murphy, plus Tom Janovich. Um, Tom Janovich leads that team in scoring. And I I think the thing with like Towns is, can he play well in the playoffs one time? And I want to see that first. (laughs) I just want to see it in in practice. Um,
0: You you didn't think he played well against uh, Denver? this last season
1: he was fine he was fine i mean yeah he 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 struggled to shoot a lot but well he came in like he was like 20 and 8 and then he left 18 and 10 it's like 46 percent shooting and the three-point shot wasn't there And like i just the idea of towns has not translated and i think i think right now you're looking at him as the third best guy on like a contending team i think that's his spot um where I, I mean, I guess Tom Johnovich would probably be the same thing, and that's why we're having the conversation, but I, I
0: think they're very similar players of they put up really good numbers on teams that didn't get that far. They had the occasional playoff appearance.
1: Um Tim Johnovich made a conference finals. And like that's that's something, right? I mean, that that that's a huge that's way closer than Towns has ever gotten.
0: It was the seventy seven conference finals. It was
1: yeah. The league merged the merges like everyone was right there and I mean, they had they went head to head and i mean handled the 77 bullets and that's that's phil chanier who already ranked and elvin hayes elvin Mitch hayes got 20 check. and 12 and tebjanovich yeah much cup check skip right over him wes Onseld is on that team
0: all right yeah yeah i think i think tebjanovich is the guy i i don't think there's that big of a difference between him and carl anthony Towns at this point but
1: The vibes are better with Tom Janovich.
0: Vibes are better, and getting Tom Janovich off the board allows us to put Pascal Siakam as our next power forward. And I I do think if we're just looking modern guy to modern guy, yeah, I'd I'd probably take Pascal over Carl. So, all right. All right, you talked me into it. Our
1: 201 through 225. uh, You want me to do it? You want to do it? I got it. 201 is Jermaine O'Neal, Rolando Blackman, Alvin Robertson, Joe Johnson, Damanis Sabonis, Kemba Walker, Dale Ellis, Michael Finley, Phil Chenier, 210 is Derek Coleman, Buck Williams, Larry Keenan, Richard Lewis, Meta World Peace, Detlef Schrempf, Andrew Tony, Bradley Beal, Fat Lever, Terry Porter, 220 is Brandon Roy, Joakim Noah, Eddie Jones, Carlos Boozer, Bobby Wanzer, and finally at 225 is Rudy Tomjanovich. Sorry, can you, uh, 222? I missed 222. Eddie Jones? At 223? oh i I forgot to flip those yeah i forgot to flip them you want to read it again no no it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) all right carlos boozer is 222 jones is 223 yes perfect all right uh aaron where can the people find you possible chairs on tiktok and this podcast all the time find
0: me nate underscore hoops temple at on tiktok uh also email us hoops temple at gmail.com we'd love to hear from you have a great one (laughs)
1: What? <laughs>